This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. So glad to be joined on this All-Star Week by two-time Stanley Cup champion Craig Ludwig on Spits and Suds. How are you, my friend? I am doing good. We have a, a little break. We had some little personal individual meetings with our U18 guys the last couple of days, and we got uh, a weekend off where we're not playing. So um, kind of get some things, kind of like the, the NHL guys, you know, they come home and you talk about any, uh, the break, they get to, you know, the guys that aren't playing in the game, but they get to come home and, uh, now they're going to spend some time with the family. A lot of them are probably jumping on a plane and heading to Cabo or someplace for a few days. So, um, so I'm in my own little Cabo. Ah, but you are playing this weekend on Saturday night <laughs> at the yeah, Children's Health Star we Center are, versus SMU. Tickets are available. You can go to the Stars website and get it as low as $10. A terrific family night. You can see Craig in action, shin pads and all, as the Stars alumni take on the SMU club hockey game. No, 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 no. No shin pads. I don't wear those. I don't need any more wind resistance than I used to. So <laughs> I don't wear I don't wear them behemoth things anymore. So those are in a in a little plastic case and sitting in the garage um so i do not uh i do not i try i i, I say to myself all the time i tr- i'm trying not to get hit with pucks anymore but it, guys are calling me an idiot all the time because they're like what the hell you're always and i it's just a natural habit so i'm still getting hit i'm just uh i don't get hit unexpectedly you know with them pads that i used to have because they were a little bit wider than everybody else's you could you didn't have to necessarily be directly in the shooting lane you you could be off a little bit and you could still get a little piece of it well bob bassin said the following that when i asked him about you know as a former assistant coach your scouting report on craig ludwig told me craig can still skate really well he said he's not as fast as he once was but he can skate really well so he was very Uh, positive that, that that's probably debatable because I never was fast. So any any slower, I'd be stopped. So I'm still moving. But again, it's you know it's funny you can play against guys like yesterday, <clears throat> Vern Fiddler and I, um, we were playing in this noon one with a bunch of guys, a little different tempo, they're a little bit faster and younger. And anyway, uh, so Fids and I were on different teams, and you can tell Fids gets he gets pissed off at me. Because I, I'm not a guy that's going to be able to stand guys up in the neutral zone, but I, I know the areas to take away and and break up kind of little passes that he's trying to play, you know. So, um, you know, and and I guess that just kind of relates to what we're trying to teach our young kids. So it's it's all about, uh, you know, you don't you don't have to be the fastest guy, but if you just as a defenseman, you just kind of know where to be on the ice and 
uh, you know, give, we, we talk about all the time on, on your podcast here is that, uh, you know, with the goalies, you know, make sure the goalies, uh, are confident in what you guys are doing. And so I still, I still try to follow through on that stuff. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that autographs are available and, uh, so you can get Craig Ludwig's autograph. Yeah. I'm doing mine on a stone tablet. So it'll <laughs> kind of be like the 10 commandments. So back from the day when we used to write them on, on rocks and things like that. When, so when we'll, you, we'll sign them on when, there. when you sign an autograph, do you put two X? No, just, uh, just one, just, just one X. Just one. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to scratch it in stone. It takes a long enough time, but you know, what will be kind of fun is that, you know, we're playing SMU, like you said. Yeah. And so we got a college and so we're hoping there's a college crowd. That's kind of like back when you played in, you know, when we first got to Dallas here. You know, we, we got we got into Dallas and you'd look in the stands and pretty good looking crowd. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't I don't know what uh, what these guys will be doing for for friends and family or girlfriends, or whatever. So um, I think we're going to hang out possibly with them a little bit after the game in our in our alumni lounge. So it'll be a good time. That's awesome. That And it's a great cause. So uh, go support Craig and the Dallas Stars alumni. Uh, versus SMU, and that's Saturday night at the Children's Health Stars Center, right off 35 in uh, in Farmer's Branch. That's going to be a real, real good take. All right, first question for you today is your overall thoughts as far as the defensive pairing that everyone's talking about as far as Thomas Harley with Miro Haskinen. I will tell you real quick, Craig, I mean, offensively, amazing. I know they just started playing with each other. I did see against the Capitals that there was one cycle which they struggled to get the puck out. I know that might have had to do with the forwards as well, but I still have a little bit of a question mark defensively as a pairing, and I wanted to get your thoughts. Well, Mr. Gavin Spittle, if you remember, which apparently you don't. I do. I had said this months ago that I thought that Thomas would be is a top two defensemen, top two, minimum top four. And I said, if he would be right-handed, he would be the perfect partner for Miro, in my opinion. <clears throat> so um, he's not right-handed. He's got uh, Miro switches over to his offside, <clears throat> which I, you know, I don't know if that, uh, if that's Miro said, Hey, I'll do that. Or if, you know, they come to him, Miro's talented enough that and skates well enough that he can play both sides. But but again, I, I I think there's a small percentage of, of defensemen in the league that would prefer to play their their offsides. Um, I know there are some, but I think you just see the ice differently. Um, but but anyway, uh, Thomas Harley is uh, he's a real deal, and young kid, nice guy. When we did our our last game, Thomas and and Wyatt were on the came down and they were on the benches and down there and things like that. And when we were doing our little alumni game. Um, uh, nice kid, good kid. Um, but I just think that he, you know, you're, I know you've, you've always seemed to got it. You have a couple of guys. This, so you've kind of, you've kind of passed, passed on and Roddick. So Fox is not your guy now. He's not your whipping horse anymore. So now you've moved on to a defenseman. So, um, who's my whipping you know, boy you, on defense? Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're not a hawk and paw lover, are you? No. <laughs> okay, so, so there you go. Now, uh, uh, shorthanded, but, yes. Five on five, I think he struggled. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And, and like I said this before, I said sometimes I, I look at the, the the way that, you know, they're structurally the way that they play in their own zone. And that's why when you bring up, when you mention Thomas and um, Miro, they had their struggles. But if you look, and I think I know which one, I go back and I look at them and I go over and over and over them all the time. And it, it let me tell you, it, it's it, when you play man on man and you get your guy, sometimes you lose track of everything that's happening behind you. Because you're like, okay, this is who I'm supposed to have. And so things that are, you know, and and what happens is you end up drifting a little bit further away from what I think your responsibility is in front of the net. So, uh, but it's an adjustment for those guys. Um, I think they're all, they're all grasping it. Um, but there are going to be times that there's going to be breakdowns when you play that way. And just because you're kind of playing out of position, the forwards are playing in front of the net. They're a little bit out of position. And little picks can throw you off, you know, when you play against teams that recognize it and, you know, we kind of did it with our guys and we kind of, there was a couple of teams we played with. And so a couple of days before we, we practice running little picks and little subtle things and uh, make it difficult to read. Cause sometimes it is. And, and it's like, well, wait a second, I, that's your spot. Well, no, I'm supposed to take this guy. So, um, <clears throat> but again, they, they do it enough. They're, you know, they, they, they keep doing it. And, and obviously they're having, you know, fairly, fairly successful uh times but there are times in the zone that you know it may lead to a quality scoring chance and um you know and if your goaltender is not <laughs> dialed in um for those kind of things um, bad things happen so am i too but, pessimistic but yeah i mean you can see <laughs> I, I think the the biggest thing that i've noticed with harley since he was kind of coming in and out of the lineup and then he'd get five or six. And I, and I don't know if that had anything to do with him or if it had getting Lundquist in there, you know, and making sure that he would be ready at some times and, and Hanley, you know, you, you don't want, you didn't want them guys to sit early on. You need them to, to, you know, get involved and be part of the games and play some, some quality minutes. And, but the thing for me with him is just his confidence. I mean, he, he's got a ton of confidence and, and I think that is, such an important ingredient to everything else that especially Agreed. you know for defensemen to be able to play in your own zone um the passes at the right time but but when to jump into the play and um he's he sure is getting a hold of that and uh obviously you know he's, he's obviously got a good shot um they found a, they found a weapon um offensively and I, and i think as a young kid look at what he's doing as a young kid so there's only going to be growth there and and um and and as long as Miro's going to be you know comfortable and playing you know that offside, you could see this you know as a as a pair going into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Or they try to pick up a right-handed defenseman at the deadline, and but at the same time, and I don't want people thinking I'm like overly pessimistic. I'm just I was bringing up something I saw, and that's a concern in the playoffs for me. Um, is those two on the ice at the same time with the physicality ramped up in their end. Now it remains to be seen. I, I just wanted to bring it up. You know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying it's like the Radic Fox. I, I like Radic Fox as a player, Craig. I just don't, I hate the salary and I know I can't, okay. I can't. So, so you're, you're concerned with the physicality in the playoffs, but who is their most physical defenseman? Then do you feel, I, I don't even know anymore. I, I would love well, to I, say Hawk and Pop. I would think not. it's it has to be or uh, well, I almost said Fox. It has to be Hawk and Pop. I mean, don't you think? I, I mean, I would think, but actually, right I now, don't I'd think say you're going to look at it's Suits. Weird. I don't know if Suter's going to be your physical guy. I don't know if Lundqvist is going to be your physical guy. Yeah. We're talking about Mirren Harley. Now that leaves you with Essa and Hawk and Pop. Yeah, 
right? Yeah. So no, I, and there's I and I and I and I wouldn't consider. Listen, I don't know. Th- there's only a handful of teams in the NHL that have a physical defenseman. You know, now they're more rounded. The game is the game has changed. But I think with Hockenpah's size and and strength and the way he should be able to contain people, blow the dots, blow the hash mark area, and you know, in that danger area. Um, you know, and we've seen when he does hit, he's your most physical defenseman, you know, so, uh, you're you know, like, to, I guess that's why you're saying you'd like to see a trade and then he would be part of the deal, but now you've got to go ahead and find that, that, you know, but what, what the other thing is look at the identity of this team. Do they want to, do they want a stay at home, uh, you know, hard nose that just doesn't get involved as much in the offense because they have success playing that kind of style. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to, to know their philosophy. I think I agree with you. I think stylistically, I disagree when it comes to the playoffs. Um, I thought, I thought they struggled when it came to Vegas. Um, and I I just think, you know, physically that they, they're going to struggle. I really do. And that's just, it's not, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I do agree. I, I think there's the potential of that happening, and but you know, right now there's there's it's so packed in the top 10, 12 teams in the league, right? I mean, like who do you, who do you pick as a favorite to win the cup? Don't even know. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Like I don't know. And even the even the betting people don't know. Because they go everywhere from seven to one to fourteen to one. There's ten teams or twelve teams packed in there. They don't know, so uh, it's difficult. It really is. So you know, it'll be like I said, it'll be interesting um, to me. And then what does that usually land on? It lands on goaltending. I mean, when you got so many teams that are so even, uh, you're going to look at special teams and goaltending. And and right now, you know, I'm hoping right now that in the next two to three weeks once they get back, Otter gets his game back. Because I don't think Otter's been, you know, the same guy he was prior to the injury. Yeah. Yeah. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Question from the past, because trade deadline's coming up. Massive trade with Elias Lindholm going to Vancouver. Big haul coming back along with some good prospects to Calgary. First round pick, a fourth round conditional pick can be a third round uh, pick. So... Lindholm's going to be a UFA after this season. Going back, did you guys know about Jerome Ginla when you made that trade? Nope. Okay. And and, and Jerome Ginla wasn't 
part of the team at the time. Yeah. You know, as a draft pick. Yeah. So we didn't know. Uh, we didn't know. Listen, when you're a player and somebody gets drafted in the in the, in the first round of your team that you're playing with, you I mean, you don't really get dialed into it because you know not you're not expecting unless they're in the top three, you know, four or five picks, but you're really not expecting that player to be there for three to five years. I mean, that's kind of the the mo on it. So nobody really. The day it happens, you, you don't expect it. Did we expect we were going to get a guy like Joe Newendike? No, not at all. I mean, that was a that was a Bob Gainey deal, right? And yep. so, talk about guys that you know understand the kind of piece. And when you piece a team together over the course of you know two to three to four years, and you're getting closer and you're getting closer, and that's why I give Jimmy Rutherford, you know, the guy that you know now he's a I, I guess he's president of hockey ops there in Vancouver that yeah. pulled the trigger on this thing. Um, you know, to look and, and bring, you know, how, who he brings in. And, um, you know, they've, they've got, uh, you get out in front of it. And I think that's what uh, the good general managers, it seems like today, they don't wait until, you know, three days before the trade deadline. And Rutherford's got a, he, he has a, uh, a history of that kind of stuff. So I, I love it when they do that. Uh, you know, Vancouver's got a, a heck of a team. Um, Calgary is going through you know, things. And, um, so it was nice, but, but yeah, when, when, when somebody gets drafted in the summer, you know, it, it's not, you don't sit there and go, man, you know, you just kind of move along. Cause typically you don't expect them to be there their first, first or second year anyways. Yeah. No. So when new and comes into the room, cause I'm asking because Lindholm's going into a, a room interdivision room, by the way. So that's interesting, but he's going into the room, you know, what is the, what is the reception like? Is it just like, all right, here we go? Like, is that? It's just, I mean, New and must have commanded so many, so much respect when he walked in, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, and, you know, and again, I I had played against Newey. It it it's it's weird because, you know, when I was all done, and it, and it took me a couple of years later, and after I had retired, you know, we, I don't, I say I, but, but I beat, won a Stanley Cup playing against Joe. I lost the Stanley Cup playing against Joe. And won a Stanley Cup playing with Joe. So um knowing Nui as a young player in 86 when we won that cup, and he was a first year guy. And as a matter of fact, I, that may have been the year he came out of out of college and came in late. But you were like, Holy shit, is this guy good? And then you play against him the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years, and you see his growth and how dangerous he is and and the kind of player he was. And then then all of a sudden, and again, we had no idea. And all of a sudden you hear about it. And it, like I said, nobody was, we didn't, I didn't know who Jerome McGinley was. I had no idea. You know, I mean, be, you know, so, um, and then all of a sudden, because all you know is that for us, we were getting closer. We knew we were getting closer. Management knew we were getting closer. And, and there were little bits and pieces that were being shuffled around and, you know, a depth guy would come in here and, and, uh, you know, a, a fourth line guy would come in here. Um, you, so, so you knew you were getting there and you kind of get a sense that because we knew, we knew we were close. We were disappointed, you know, losing to Detroit and things like that. And then it just, you know, now, now maybe that was the piece and it ended up being the piece. So, um, uh, but you know, you look back at now, I, we, we talked about this before. I mean, what did that, uh, now we had five or six 
Hall of Famers that were on that yeah. team. So it would have been really disappointing not to win the cup, you know, here in Dallas. Yeah. Should have had a North Dakota Hall of Famer on that team, too. Just going to throw that in. It's not me. I know. That's Eddie. <laughs> will you get upset? Yeah, that was Eddie Belfort. You're right. Will, will you get upset if I write a letter to North Dakota? <laughs> yes, I would. No. Why? Why would you get upset? You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. How is yeah. a guy that played in the NHL for 17 years with two Stanley Cups, with two national championships at North Dakota, not in their Hall of Fame? Well, I'm not a really good one staying dialed into your your alumni things. I do here, but I, you know, I'm not really, you know, answering all the emails and going to all the events. And a lot of times, I can't honestly because you know we're working with kids. So yes, um, I, I think that has I I think that has a big part. I mean, we've got there's even there's a chain of of former players and um that we're on an email chain and they're, you know, whenever a birthday comes up and all that stuff, and I'm not even good at that wishing, you know, guys I played with, you know, <laughs> happy birthday. So, um, you know, so I, I'm sure that all comes into play, but I, that, that, I guess that's me. Okay. I of. will not send you the letter where I sign at Gavin Spittle Curry college hall of fame, 2018. I won't do yeah. that. Well, that, that'll, that'll put a period on any chance. If there ever was one. So go ahead and send it off. Okay. 